1: Local interest, city living, pressure points, totter down. This is a fucking nightmare. Guys, I'm sorry for dropping the f-bomb right at the start, but this is an f-bomb kind of situation. I don't know if you listened to our last episode, but since then it's all gone a bit wrong. I'm in prison. Look, I'll tell you what happened. In our last episode, our American intern exchange student, Justin Crocker, presented his latest short documentary about Bristol. It focused on local businesswoman Frankie Sanders. Her business is called Niche to Meet You, which helps organisations find and take advantage of their niche. Like she helped peach farmers come up with the donut peach due to the popularity of Krispy Kremes. Unsurprisingly, all these businesses failed. Except one. Bristopia. She was the one that suggested we make a show about Bristol, not London or the wider UK, something more niche. I mean, I wanted to make a hard-hitting political show like Newsnight, but scripted. So like Mot the Week. I mean, I don't even like Bristol. Bristol's shit. Can't stand the place. The podcast is based out of a shed in Worcester, now that's a city. The heart of the glove industry. What was Bristol ever the heart of? Slavery? Exactly. We should all be very ashamed. Anyway, in last episode's documentary it looked like Bristopia was beginning to follow those other businesses into the ground, but then Frankie had a revelation, said that she had it all wrong, that podcasts are still a growing medium and that the field's wide open. There's not actually a big enough podcast audience overall for a niche to even survive. I'll tell you what this whole thing has been a learning curve. Anyway, she suggested we focus the show on the true crime genre, follow successes like the serial podcast. Ask an audience of twelve million that we would get a slice of. During that conversation, well, she was murdered. By a biscuit. She choked.
2: Gotta be worth a shot, right?
1: Are you alright, Frankie? (coughs) Is she choking on a biscuit? See? I mean, it could have been anybody that did it, all those business owners that lost their livelihoods thanks to Frankie's poor niche-finding skills. But the authorities decided it was me because I gave her the biscuit. They said my fingerprints were all over the hobnobs. Really, there was a whole bunch of conflicting evidence, but my lawyer was an idiot and the prosecution won. So, well, now we're up to date, I'm in prison, sharing a cell with some pervert, no doubt. So why are we doing this episode? Well, I don't want to turn off the last 20 people that Frankie didn't turn away. We're going to try and go on as normal. However, I did uh, commission Justin to produce a documentary about my plight to talk to other people involved and see if we can't find some new evidence that will get my case reopened. In fact, Justin's producing this one because of, you know, my situation. But you shouldn't notice anything. should be pretty fucking seamless. I just hope he's making use of my bleep machine because this is supposed to be a clean podcast. I know I've had to drop an F-bomb once, but trust me, it won't happen again. Editor's note, Andy has actually said the F-bomb twice. Cause fuck if I don't have enough problems. Three times. Sorry, guys. Oh, this is Justin, by the way. (coughs) crap, I've woken him.
3: Hi, mate. What are you doing
1: talking to yourself? Oh, uh, hi. I'm sorry, what's your name? It's Graham. I'm sorry for waking you, Graham. I promise it won't happen again. It's alright, don't worry about it. So you're new to this then? Yeah, first time. I'll be honest, I'm terrified. This was all a misunderstanding. Don't
3: worry. You'll get used to it. Oh, there'll be certain things you'll miss from the outside world.
1: Like Netflix?
3: No. Manchego cheese? No, like your privacy. You can't be shy in a shower room round here. But don't worry. You'll learn the ropes. And we're cellmates. So I've got your back.
1: Thank you so much. Although, does that mean... You need something from me. I just need you to pick up the soap. Man, I knew this would happen. I'm someone's bitch. They always to say at school, one day you'll be someone's bitch. And I was all like, no, mum, I won't. Andy, what are you doing? You asked me to pick up the soap. I know,
3: I read it. It's in the script here. I just thought I just thought that this podcast was better than the obvious prison jokes.
1: I'm really not sure it is. And do you have to mention the script? This fourth wall is delicate enough as it is. You're ruining the magic. <laughs> the magic?
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, and the drama. I thought this was supposed to be a comedy. Alright, there's no need to be a dick about it. Have you finished? Can we get back to it? Although I feel the audience's suspension of disbelief is well and truly shattered. Right, you just edit that bit out. On this bloody tape recorder, I had to smuggle this in. It uses actual cassettes, you know. I taped over Now 22 for this. I might never hear sunshine on a rainy day again. You don't use Spotify! Oh, we have Spotify in prisons now, do we? Yeah. Bloody hell, TV's next, I suppose. Well, how about if what I'm
3: really asking you to do is pop down the prison shop? And pick us up some shower gel. Because we've run
1: out. Oh, okay. Well, then fine. Maybe the podcast can be better than that. And some lube. What? me nipples. Oh, God, what are you going to... Because of how
3: much these prison clothes change. You're really
1: trying to remove all the tension from this episode, aren't you? All right, let's move on. So, guys, what we're going to do today is try and keep this podcast running just the same as always. Like, nothing's gone wrong. So, obviously, later on, we'll be running an exclusive interview. With you. With you! Just turn the page. See? Got more lines. Oh right, yes. Oh,
3: okay, okay. So, so I can't go home then.
1: Of course not. You're in prison. No, I mean like for. I mean like for real. For fuck's sake! What a waste of time. There's Dancing Queen gone now too. Don't you ever want me to be happy? Oh, it's cash in the attic. My grand's on it. We found her in the attic. Sold her. Some cash. Anyway, after the interview, we'll be running Justin's documentary, where we'll hopefully find out who actually murdered Frankie Sanders. But first, let's kick it off with some news headlines. So, what's been going on across Bristopia this month? Well, I haven't been able to place myself on the front line of local journalism in the way that I usually do, but I'll try my best. Let's get started. City residents were able to access some of the more remote areas of the city this month as part of a new project. The public was granted rare access to places like the tunnels under Temple Meads or the Redcliff Caves. While some considered the event named Open Doors a success, it did lead to an unexpected spike in burglaries across the city. <laughs> Elsewhere, residents of Queen Square have been protesting against the amount of events taking place in the public space after the highly popular Arcadia this month, claiming that living in a square named with such royal connotations should be enough to protect themselves from having to associate with the WASH proletariat. Reading Festival took place this August, however, posts on social media by volunteers tasked with cleaning up the mess showed an increasing amount of tents being left behind. It received a certain amount of media attention for showcasing what some believe to be a wasteful society. Similarly, Boomtown, the festival that takes place in the rural countryside just outside of Bristol, has caused its own controversy. Some have expressed concern over the state the site was left in, after numerous farm animals and intrepid ramblers found themselves falling into the various K-holes left behind by festival goers. A super strain of gonorrhea made headlines following an outbreak in the north of England in the past few weeks, leaving some to question whether the strain could eventually hit Bristol. The council acted to assuage fears by saying that they'd already acted, revealing that the recent closure of the Syndicate nightclub in Broadmead was actually a preemptive measure. Dismal Land opened this month. Curated by Banksy, the Bemusement Park is located in the Old Tropicana Water Park in Western Supermare. The team behind the park say that despite its satirical stance, it still exists in a fiercely competitive marketplace alongside traditional theme parks like Thorpe Park and Alton Towers, and so they plan to stay relevant by introducing free leg amputations with each ticket entry. It's fine. It's not too soon. It's only too soon if someone died. Right, well, that brings us to our interview segment. It was going to be a huge one this month. I'd set up an interview with our Lord Mayor George Ferguson to, you know, ask all the important questions on behalf of the city of Bristol. Like, how many dogs does it take to make an army? Or is there a point to life? And what is it? But I kind of ran out of options once I got locked up. However, I do have a very special guest joining me today. My cellmate, Graham. You might remember him from a minute ago. Hi, Graham. How are you? Couldn't be better. But you're in prison. Best place for me. What are you... What are
3: you actually in for? You're not supposed to ask me that. Why not? It's against prison rules. Have you not seen The Longest
1: Yard? But Burt Reynolds version or the Adam Sandler version? Burt Reynolds, what do you think I am? In that case, n- no.
3: Oh, Andy.
1: But what are you in here for?
3: Murder. Murder? What the f- They put me in with a murderer? Yep. Judge said I murdered the law. With what?
1: Fraud. Oh, right. What did you do?
3: That was the guy that set up that fake ticketing portal on the Dismaland website. People couldn't get tickets for ages. It was hilarious. Everyone thought it was sold out, and no one went for the first five days. (laughs) Uh, uh, Still makes me laugh. Uh.
1: So why did you get arrested for it? Didn't everyone just presume it was part of the whole shtick? Yeah, everyone said Banksy. He was really
3: quite annoyed. This pillar of the anti-society grasped me up like I'm a hard cordon. he's astroturf. Fucking hypocrite. I know. Well, it's not all bad. Good things have happened to me since I've been here. Ah, the beautiful Francesca. I think she's Italian.
1: So you found yourself a girlfriend? Yeah.
3: She said she was lonely, but she was too busy with her work to date or make friends. Those she did would stop calling because she could never find time to see him. So she decided to sign up. The prison's pal scheme. Soul inmates. I mean, we had a lot in common. We were both lonely. Except her lack of social interaction was down to a much more metaphorical prison she'd built for herself. Rather than the very literal one that's around me. Eventually, uh, we fell in love. It's really made this whole situation easier for me. So what's she like? She's just great with people. She makes you feel really good about yourself. I've been stuck in a rut around here. Sometimes literally if I misbehave. But she's really helped me find that one thing that I can do well. And shown me how to really make the most of my time here.
1: So what have you been doing? Well,
3: I found out I was great at crocheting miniature sandals for kittens. Much cool for that around here? Yeah, I'm not sure if there's much cool for it out there either.
1: Well, at least you found love. I'm really happy for you, Graham.
3: Thanks. We're actually going to meet for the first time soon. She's coming in to visit. She said she's less busy than she was before. I guess she finally found some time for herself. That's
1: great. Actually, I better give Justin a call. I need to find out if he's getting on with his documentary. Right, we'll be back in a minute. This is Justin. All right, Justin, how are you doing? Have you found any evidence as to who killed Frankie yet? Oh, Andy, um, yeah, kind of. Kind of? The documentary's done, I'm just... Well, what are you waiting for? Play it. All right, here it goes.
0: Ryan Little.
1: In today's documentary segment of Bristopia, I, American intern exchange student Justin Crockler, have been taxed with proving the innocence of our intrepid host, Andy Price. A couple of months ago, we met one Frankie Sanders, a businesswoman that specialized in the progression of businesses. Her organization was called Niche to Meet You, and it helped businesses find said niche. I found that Frankie had worked with Andy in the early days of the Bristopia podcast and may well have been responsible for the show's tumbling listenership ever since. However, she then changed her mind. She said we had to follow the tried-and-tested podcast model, i.e. the only successful example of the medium so far, Sarah Koenig's true crime podcast, Serial. But before we could, Frankie was Murdered! Andy was the prime subject and has since been incarcerated. So, who killed beloved local businesswoman Frankie Sanders on the night of August 10, 2015? Was it Andy as a result of their former business relationship, or do we have to take a closer look at her other relationships, including her new boyfriend, or somebody else entirely? I'm American Instant Exchange student Justin Crockler, and this is Bristopia. So put in your own words what exactly happened on the night of Frankie Sanders' murder. Talk us through your routine, where you were, who you talked to. Right, yes, um, well I was with you, mate. You were there the whole time, don't you remember? Okay, yes, but I'm just trying to paint a picture of you to the listener. Okay, sorry, uh, yes, of course. Well, myself and Frankie had a close relationship. She worked on the podcast with me right at the beginning. Uh, I wanted to do something wildly broad and political, but she encouraged me to focus in instead in, on the subject, to go niche and go to the root of Bristol uh, and what makes it the city we all love. Right. And then she was murdered. Yes, so she was giving us some advice. She did acknowledge that she had let us down. Basically, she just ruined the whole... Andy, I think you should calm down. Sorry, yes, I'm just a little bit stressed out. Uh, So she was telling us how we needed to refocus on a broader spectrum to follow the success of other podcasts like Serial, and then she choked to death on a biscuit. And whose fault was that? Who gave her that biscuit? I did pass her the plate. So you're admitting to the murder of Frankie Sanders. Honestly, I didn't think it would be this easy. I guess I'll just go home and put the kettle on. Justin, I didn't do it. You know that. Who else have you talked to so far? Who else? Yeah, Justin, come on. The biscuits. She choked to death on the biscuits. I don't know. Did someone poison her? So that's how you would have done it. God damn it, Justin. All right, all right. So what do I do? You go and find out where the biscuits came from and who made them. Maybe they tampered with them. After talking to Andy, I could see why he was the host of a podcast. There was a certain charm there. I I didn't want to believe that he murdered Frankie, but at the same time, was I impartial enough? Was that same charm winning me over? Was that the same charm that, that was the same charm that charmed Frankie into accepting that biscuit? I had to find out by talking to the man that supplied the biscuits, Mr. Biscuit. Now, Mr Biscuit. Actually
3: it's Mr Summers.
1: Jim. Not Mr Biscuit. No. Huh.
3: Do you want something?
1: Yes, uh I'm gonna ask you a question now, and I want you to think carefully about the answer. A man is currently in prison, his plight ignored by the courts. So tell me. Did you put murder in the biscuits?
3: What biscuits?
1: Biscuits that kill Frankie Sanders.
3: Listen, mate, I don't know where the biscuits come from. What? You're at a Tesco Express. I can't help you. Oh. You're going to have to go to the top. Talk to Mr.
1: Tesco. And it turns out there is no Mr. Tesco. It's just a board made out of 42 unempathic executives. There's 42 Mr. Tescos. That's mental. We don't have time to speak to them all. All right, talk to the family. See if they knew anything. You might find some new information. After another setback, felt like time was running out. Not for Andy, obviously, he's got all the time in the world. But without the MailChimp money that Cyril has, we can only keep this going a few more days. The week tops. I decided to do some first-hand investigating. Talk to the real people involved. How did you know Frankie Sanders? What was that, dear? Did you kill her? But I'm her grandmother. Answer the fucking question! It wasn't her grandmother. This is getting us nowhere. Man, I hate being stuck in here. I feel so helpless. Justin, you're going to have to go deep. I got this. I'll get you out of here. A week after myself and Andy had that conversation, I've started to feel like we're making some kind of progress. That day, I went to the offices of Frankie's business, niche to meet you. And it was weird. They carried on in her absence, like everything was normal. Something about that seemed strange to me. There was no period of mourning. Clients were still coming in. Bills were still being paid. Employees were still working. I decided to track down some of these employees the only way I knew how, by going undercover. Deep. It's a combination printer and copier. It uh, sure
3: is weirder out here without Frankie. I know. Did you know she'd started seeing someone? He must be devastated. Apparently, they've been keeping it quiet. <laughs> Do you think it was the guy from that podcast? She'd been spending a lot of time with him. Andy Price either murdered her. Who knows? Maybe she was having an affair with him too. Maybe he found out about the other guy,
1: and that's why he killed her. Huh, interesting. What was that? Just a
3: copier. Oh, um, uh, bzz, zip, bzz. Right, let's do it before anyone walks in. <laughs> I'm going to put these photocopies in my butt everywhere.
1: Ah, <laughs> bums. And my disguise was so good, they thought my face was the scanner. (laughs) The office toilets had run out of toilet paper. I looked like I had three sets of eyebrows. (laughs) I don't know why you're laughing. Because it's funny? I know who killed Frankie Sanders. What? Who? I'm just going to stop the recording right here. I didn't know who killed Frankie Sanders, not really. I was close, very close, because I just remembered Andy's inept lawyer from the courtroom.
2: Your Honor, the detectives found a note on the body of one Frankie Sanders.
1: It read, watch out, if my podcast fails, I'm gonna kill you. Signed, Andy Price.
2: But I'm going to forthwith prove that said piece of evidence was actually not a piece of evidence that is true. Due, in fact, to the reasons I shall now outline for him being innocent in this case of law. This letter was written in black ink. And he only writes with pens that use blue ink.
1: Frankie's wasn't the only office I visited this week. Who else's did you go to? Yours. What did you find? I thought I had that place deep cleaned. Black pens. Tons of them. Well, yeah, who doesn't have black pens? That lawyer was a burk. That's how we ended up here. Justin, I told you the morning Frankie died that I'd sent her that note. It was a joke. Huh. I kind of remember, I suppose. Justin, it was your idea. That's why it was such a shit joke. How do you not remember? So you didn't kill her? No. Huh. Well, that means it could only be... Who? The Illuminati? Jesus Christ. Well, I don't think it was him. I've been working on this case for 12 days now, and over the course of those days, I mean it was one to two hours a day, so like a day, at most, but over the course of that afternoon, I found myself going back and forth, over and over. At times, I was fully behind Andy, sure of his innocence. Then I'd find out something else, talk to a mutual friend of both Andy and Frankie, and I'd change my mind. Was Andy, this cold-blooded killer? The same handsome, amiable podcast host I got to know over the last eight months. I still wasn't sure. Things still didn't make sense. But there are others that are still supporting Andy, trying to get his case reopened, such as St. Werberg's Farm animal keeper Bob Wildlife, who's convinced it was a rogue badger. Or my old friend, the ghost of Rupert Murdoch, who's convinced the right wing press have made a scapegoat of him. But Bob also says that it definitely wasn't a goat. They're too gentle and stupid, unlike the badger, who's a vicious anyway. People will continue to fight for his corner, but the rest of us will just have to move on. I decide to make one last phone call to the prison to say my goodbyes. No, it's fine. I mean, I guess there's not much else I can say. If you don't believe me, you don't believe me. I mean, it's not that I don't believe you. I've no, it's it's okay. Honestly, I asked you to look into this, and you've done your best. I mean, there was one piece of evidence I still don't understand. What? What was it? There, there were these letters, yeah. stacks and stacks of them on Frankie's desk. Really? I never really understood what they were. It was like erotic fiction. Really? They were written to someone, someone she wasn't allowed to see. I think his name was Graham. What? You're kidding? That's not possible, Justin. I've got to go. Graham, Graham, wake up! Eh?
3: What? What's going on?
1: Frankie, Francesca, she's coming to visit you.
3: Today! How is that possible?
1: I have to meet her, please!
3: No, really? I've never met her myself before.
1: Please, this could be my last shot. Okay,
3: on well, one condition anything. I get a part in your Bristopia live show. What the fuck are you on about? Ah, oh, sorry, Guess you haven't got there yet. I read ahead in the screen. Jesus Christ.
0: And it's the show, it's the only-
1: Are you Frankie?
2: Thank you God. And here we are, my darling Graham. It's so good to finally Hello
1: Frankie. Andy. Why did you do it? Why did you frame me? Those biscuits. They weren't murder cookies. Just bloody hobnobs all along.
2: Andy, I'm sorry, I was just trying to help you. You just come up with that great idea for the podcast to do a serial and then... And then
1: you put me in prison.
2: That's why I put you in prison.
1: I don't understand.
2: Andy, what's Justin been doing for the last few weeks? Well, he's...
1: he's... oh my god. He's been investigating a controversial murder case. Like, like... oh god. Like serial. But all of this, you had to fake your own death. What's even in it for you?
2: The chimp money.
1: Of course. But what now? Faking your own death will put you in prison.
2: You're forgetting about Graham. Andy, I've been writing to Graham for months now, and we truly are in love. But he's not getting out of prison any time soon. Not when his prosecutors have the Banksy money.
1: That's worth almost twice as much as the MailChimp money.
2: Exactly. This was the only way, the only way me and Graham could finally be together. And for you, for you and Justin to finally hit 30, maybe even 40 downloads.
1: That's amazing, you're a genius, I don't know how to thank you.
2: The MailChimp money. Give me the fucking MailChimp money. We'll be out in like a year tops. What?
1: I mean, about that, there kind of is no...
2: What? What's wrong?
1: Nothing, I'll get you the money as soon as you own up and I'm out of here.
2: Deal.
3: Dramatic turn of events today. Murderer and host of influential Bristol podcast Bristopia, Andy Price, was released from prison after his conviction was overturned following the reappearance of local businessman Frankie Sanders. As he emerged from behind prison walls today, he was met by applause and celebration from his avid listenership.
1: Andy, Andy, I'm over here, Justin. I'm so sorry I can't get you out Andy, I tried everything, I had butts all over my face. Justin, Justin, it's okay, I understand, I mean I'm out now, that's all that matters. Thank god. So we can just go back to normal? No, you're fired, obviously. What? I got you! Oh man, bastard! So what do we do now, how do we top this? That's an easy one. We're a podcast right? Yeah? Then I think it's time. For the inevitable live show. Oh my God, that's so exciting. I don't know what you're excited about. You're fired. I am? I don't know. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Okay, guys, that's uh, Bristopia number eight done with. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, Apologise for the episode being a couple of weeks late this time around. But as I think you can tell, the story was a lot of effort. (laughs) Uh, We are actually doing a live show. Um, I know I've kind of mentioned it in really stupid ways in the last couple of episodes. uh, But we're going to do it in December... um, I'll confirm a venue and times and dates and wait to get tickets in a separate episode. I'll out some kind of advert of some kind. Uh, but yeah, December, keep all dates free just in case. All dates, all dates just in case. Uh, it's, yeah, so we're going to be writing that for a while. So again, the episodes might be a little bit... Um, they might come out later. Just later. Uh, but this episode was written by myself, Andy Price, uh, featured contributions in some way from Ellen Waddell, Dan Tuesday, Tim Goodings, Ben Thurston, and Owen Pichusko. Uh It's been a lot of fun. So thanks, guys, and keep uh, an eye out for the live show date. Uh, follow us on twitter forward slash bristopia pod and on facebook just forward slash bristopia you can listen to all the past episodes on acast.com forward slash bristopia and if you're super cool then you will leave us a review on itunes because that really is the only thing that helps get more people to listen to this show uh so we can make more of them thanks so much guys until next time cheers